0: Well, wasn't that singing great? I tell you, I've enjoyed being here this week. Um, We had a great day today. We went downtown Mount Airy and shopped around. And and then I went and done something I hadn't done in ages. I went back to the motel room and took me a nap. (laughs) So I'm energized tonight. Appreciate you being here. Travis Bagel rode all the way in from Burnsville tonight. i was sitting back there with him. Uh, He's probably my oldest friend. We've been friends since we was this big, and uh, he rode in tonight. We appreciate him riding in this evening, and appreciate your preacher. I won't say again. You got a good preacher. Amen. Amen. take care of him. Yeah. Amen. may. Um, something I try to tell churches everywhere because uh, you know your preacher can't say it, so I'll I'll say it. Uh, Y'all to um, consider and think about uh, what the average. Uh, I believe. I believe God blesses uh, when a church will consider and think about what the average uh, man in the church makes, and then pray, pray toward that end. Take care of your preacher that way. I believe. I believe God honors that. You say, "Well, preacher, we're small." Well, if you want to be big, you've got to take care of the preacher, amen. I believe that. And I've seen it over the years, churches that give sacrificially and, and by faith take care of their preacher. And boy, God would bless them and help them. And uh, I'd, I'd love to come back here sometime. And I hope when I come back you've had to bust out the back wall and the side wall, amen, and uh, add on and carry in chairs and uh, all of that will rise and fall on this man right here. Of course, it's the Lord. We know and understand that. You be good to your preacher, God will be good to you, amen, and his wife. Now don't forget that, and uh, we appreciate you having us in, the great place to stay, all those things. All right, let's stand to our feet as we open our Bibles to the book of Job tonight, Uh, Job chapter number 38, Job chapter number 38 tonight, I want to read one verse as we continue on this thought of uh, questions that demand an answer. We've seen a revival question Out of the book of Ezekiel. We've saw Ezekiel this week, saw it again this morning. Amen. Uh, Almost dry bones. Last night I asked you a question about running. What dost thou hear, Elijah? It's a question about running. Tonight Tonight I'm going to deal with an interesting question. I'm going to ask a question tonight about ravens. And I believe the Lord will help us this evening. Verse 41. Here's what God's, this is God speaking here to Job. Who provideth for the raven his food? My goodness, what a question. You ever tried to feed a raven? (laughs) What if you had millions to feed? I remember when I was little, we'll pray here in just a second. I remember when I was little, my mom and daddy took us to... uh, Uh, to Woolworths. Did y'all ever have a Woolworths up here? No? Woolworths in Asheville. It's a big department store at that time. In the back, they had them little blue parakeets. I'd walk by them forever. I said, I want one of them birds. I want one of them birds. And my daddy, he walked back there and he looked at them. He said, I'll buy you one. And he he looked and he found the laziest, most good-for-nothing parakeet. And that's the one he bought. And as the woman was putting it in a little box, I'll never forget what she said. She said, this bird's been loose and flying in the store all night's reason it's so tired. <laughs> and that's the wildest bird you've ever seen in your life. It'd flop, get loose. It's like Houdini. You'd put it in its cage, come back out the next night, it'd be in the rafters, wherever. Had an insatiable appetite, little parakeet, eat all the time. Well, what if you had a hundred billion of them things to feed? Reckon you could do that? Well, what if I told you tonight we had a God that can? Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight to preach your word. God, I pray that you'd touch our hearts, Lord, as we try and preach. I pray, God, that you would touch the hearts of your people tonight. God, that maybe somehow, in some way, Lord, that we could be an encouragement and a help to them. Lord, I pray that you'd bless in this place. Lord, save that one closest to hell. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Everybody in here, if you've been in church any time at all, you know the story of Job. Job, uh, he's going through things. Now, it's interesting to note, I believe, I believe, the book of Job has more question marks in it than any other book of the Bible. If I'm counting correctly, I believe there's over, or right around 400 questions that are asked in the book of Job. And there's questions asked by a lot of people. Uh, there's uh, Job's friends ask questions. We find the devil ask questions. Job himself asks questions. And then we'll see in our context tonight that God asks a lot of questions in the book of Job. And I say this and it's not what I'm preaching on tonight but I'll mention it a lot of times troubles and trials in life sure do bring a lot of questions. Uh, You know people say well you hadn't ought to ask why and you hadn't ought to question God and all of those things. All I know is that there are times when life drives you to questions. And I know this, when the Lord was hanging on Calvary's tree, He looked up at heaven and He said, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Question mark. So even the Lord had questions. And so we see that in the book of Job, there's a lot of questions being asked. And I was talking to the preacher, I believe on... Uh, Thursday night and we were talking about what the family in my church is going through and I told him I said you know sometimes you can't help but wonder why things happen the way they do but there's uh, one thing about it we'll all will understand it better by and by <laughs> but when we get to heaven we won't care <laughs> uh, all the problems is going to be took care of and so uh, 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 the the fact is that trials and problems and troubles bring a lot of questions to life. Now, if you'll read uh, chapters 38, 39, and 40 of the book of Job, it's almost every sentence ends in a question mark, and it's all God asking questions. And God basically looks at Job and he says, Okay, hot shot, well, let's just ask how you'd run things. If you was in charge, Job, what would you do? Uh, He he starts asking questions just in chapter 38. He asks some questions about the foundation of the world. Verses 4 through 8. He says to Job, he said, Job, where were you at when I laid the foundations of the earth? When I stretched the line on it, uh, Job, where was you at when when I put this whole thing together? And I say, friend, that this world is constructed by a master builder. Amen. I don't believe in uh, evolution or the uh, any of those sort of things. Uh, I think it's the silliest thing science has ever come up with uh, uh, to say that uh, Big Bang happened uh, and then all of a sudden we're just here walking around and everything. That's kind of like me saying that. Uh, Uh, If I had a big uh, Webster's Dictionary here tonight, uh, and uh, I'd hold that Webster's Dictionary up and say, you know where this dictionary came from? Uh, There was an explosion at a printing press, uh, and this dictionary flew out. Uh, You wouldn't believe that, would you? You'd say, that ain't no way that uh, that's how a dictionary came to be. Uh, Well, that's just like our world. You can look around and Joe and God said, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of this world? Uh, uh, there's some uh, ocean questions in verses 8 through 11. Uh, and uh, God talks about the ocean. Uh, and it's always been amazing to me since I was a little boy every year we'd go to Myrtle Beach, had stay in a camper, had run around on the on the beach. but we never went to Myrtle Beach, and it moved. How we never went there, and the ocean was farther away or closer to. It was always right where we left it in the last year. Did you realize that God told Job in verse eleven? That he had drawn a line in the sand uh, and held the oceans back. Uh, Have you ever thought about this? Uh, No matter how much it rains out in the ocean, uh, uh, the ocean never floods inward. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that's because God has drawn a line. And So there's uh, questions about the ocean. Then there's questions about death. In verse number 17, look what God said. God said, "...Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death?" He said, Job, you ever seen death? Because I have. I'm glad to report to you this morning that God is not only in control of life, but thank God he's in control of death and everything in between. Amen. And so there's life questions. There's there's death questions. And there's a life question in verse 19. He asked Job, said, Where's the light? Good job, where'd the light come from? Oh, when the light's gone, where'd the dark go? How can you tell me, Job? Then he asks weather questions in verses 20 through 30. I was thinking about this today with the rain above our head right now, as it's raining outside, is a cloud, and they tell me that one big cloud can hold over a hundred thousand gallons of water. Now if water weighs eight pounds a gallon, that's eight hundred thousand pounds of water that's above our head and somehow God makes that float. I'm just I'm just trying to get you to think a minute. Somehow God put that up in the sky and he said to eight hundred thousand pounds of water he said now. Just wide right there, uh, and drop a little, uh, drop a little bit at a time, uh, and water crops and help my people. Uh, I'm talking to you about the power uh, and the authority of the Almighty. And there was uh, questions, there's space questions in the Book of Job. Job, God asked Job about Orion's belt, right there in Job chapter number thirty-eight. He said, "Can you loose Orion's belt, Job?" Because guess what? God said, I'm just walking through the cosmos. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, what a powerful God we serve tonight. He just, he just walking through and touching the cosmos. He told Job, boy, it wouldn't be nothing for me just to reach over and get a hold of Orion's belt and then loose the belt. I'm talking about a great big God tonight, friend. And he said, Job, where was you at when these things were going on? But then he asks some questions tonight about the animal kingdom. And in particular, he points out to ostrich. That's a strange bird for God to call up, but he calls up the ostrich. He talks about the lion, and then he talks about the raven. A raven, why in the world out of all the birds would God have talked about a raven? I want us to ask a question tonight about ravens. Look what he said. He said, Who provideth for the raven his food? And when his young ones cry unto God, they wander for a lack of meat. So God said, I've got an animal creation out there, Job, and every one of them are hungry. Now I'm going to ask you a question tonight. I've uh, tuned in on late night TV and the ASPCA will be on there and I, told I show a little dog uh, shivering in a, in a cage and saying, you know, send us money. we got to save the dogs. Now, there's a little cat a- shivering and uh, save it, send us some money. We got, have you ever tuned out on late night TV and seen uh, somebody get on there and say, now, uh, we need you to send us some money because we've got to save the birds. The birds just are dying. Oh Lord, have you looked outside? Have you ever looked outside your window and seen a little old frail bird leading up against the window and begging for something? Oh, please give me a little bite to eat and just dying, but birds this is dying everywhere. No, uh, every bird I see is well taken care of. They get up in the morning and they got a song on their heart uh, and uh, seem like things. And you know how you know why that is? Because uh, God supplies. cosmos uh, and makes the weather uh, I don't know about you but that blesses my heart tonight uh, to know that I've got a God big enough to feed a bunch of birds uh, and that a God that big uh, would care enough about little birds uh, how to take care of the birds matter of fact the Lord answered this question who provideth for the raven its food Over in Luke chapter number 12 verse 24 the Bible said consider the ravens for they neither sow or reap which neither have storehouse or barn and God feedeth them. God feedeth them. I don't know about you tonight but it makes me want to break out when when I read Job 38 it makes me want to break out and say oh Lord my God. When I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made It makes me want to sing how great thou art. How many of you tonight, maybe you give me an amen right here, would agree that we serve a great big almighty God. Amen. And so God is trying to impress upon Job... His greatness, but not only his greatness, but his attention to the minute. Have you ever thought tonight about how amazing it is that a great big God of Heaven that's got all of the things to see to? I mean, we've just talked about feeding the birds. We ain't even talked about what it takes to feed the elephants. Oh my! He's got all of these great big things to see too. And yet he cares enough about you personally uh, that he'd be able to he'd be willing to come to your bedroom tonight uh, uh, when you're crying hot tears and praying a prayer uh, uh, for a wayward loved one or a sick child. Uh, he cares enough about you individually uh, uh, to come and spend time. Uh, with you. He cares enough about us, uh, how to meet with us at a church, uh, on the side of the road, uh, here in the, here in this area. Aren't you glad tonight? Uh, we've got a great big God, uh, but He's not too big, uh, how to care about you individually. He loves you personally, uh, and he's, He cares enough uh, how to come by and see where you are. I'll talk to you about these ravens. Now, I got a little unusual way of preaching this message because I saw a little something in this. i preached this a couple of other times, but never hardly just like this. I see in these ravens a picture of a sinner. Uh, I was thinking about what the preacher said out of Romans 5 8. It's one of my favorite verses the other night. And I got to thinking about how that the Lord loves and takes care of lost folk. Just like he does the ravens. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, uh, when you were lost and in your sin, a thousand different times could have died and went to hell? I, I mean... Going down the road this far from another vehicle could have hit head on, died, and went out in eternity and spent eternity in hell. But God, in His providence and in His goodness, uh, He cared about you even when you were lost and in your sin. uh, And He directed the car not to hit another head on. uh, Uh, some of you were more dangerous than others uh, and many times are running through your mind right now uh, when you could have died and went to hell but again and again God spared you and God gave you opportunity Uh, oh what a wonderful God we serve tonight and now here on a Saturday night uh, at the Blue Ridge Baptist Church uh, here you are uh, uh, sitting in your place uh, saved by the grace of God uh, got a song in your heart tonight uh, on your way heaven when you die. I believe God not only takes care of the ravens tonight, but I believe he takes care of lost folk. He takes care of saved folk. Hey man, I think we got a great big loving God tonight. Now let's look at it. I see in these ravens, number one consider with me if you will, the place of the raven. The place of the raven. What do you mean? Well, let me point out a few things about this bird. It's a strange bird. It's a strange bird for God to be so interested in. But He is. I I can't explain why God is so interested in ravens and sparrows. (laughs) Except to say that maybe it is that nobody else is interested in them. Uh, Just hang on just a minute. Ravens and sparrows again and again are mentioned in the Bible. And I'll tell you why I think it is. I think it's God trying to prove that He's interested in stuff nobody else is interested in. <laughs> Just hang on a minute. We see the place of the raven. Number what? it was an unclean bird according to Leviticus chapter number 11, verses 13 through 15. Ravens, unclean. They're not on the good list. They're on the unclean list. Think about this when it comes to ravens. Ravens are lowly. Uh, it's a scavenger bird. Ravens are a scavenger bird. Uh, and uh, we think about them. Nobody said uh, or, uh, let me say this, very few people. My, grand, uh, my, my grandmother used to love to watch birds and stuff, and we used talking about it this morning, Rachel's grandmother, she loves birds. Uh, and uh, I knew I was getting old when one year for Christmas I got a bird feeder, uh, bird seed, and one of them bird watching books. I said, I ain't that old yet. I put that thing up. But nobody says, guess what I saw this morning? I saw a crow. Oh, crow. <laughs> oh it's one of the best things i ever seen. And I believe it was a female, and it had its little ones. And boy, just a beautiful bird. Nobody says that. Everybody said, "Boy, I've seen you know a cardinal, or I've seen an oriole, or a blue jay." Nobody ever said, "Boy, I've seen an old crow, or I've seen an old raven." And it's one of the most beautiful. You know why that is? It's a lowly, ugly bird, really. now you may say, "I like, I like ravens," and if you do, that's all right. You're in good company because God likes somebody. Uh, but most people don't. Most people don't think they're pretty. Uh, they don't have any beautiful plumage. Uh, they don't have anything that makes them enticing. Uh, they don't have anything people say, Boy, look at that bird. Now that uh, is a beautiful bird. Uh, that's interesting to know. Uh, God uh, points, points out in the two verses, uh, uh, verse 38, 39, and 43 verses, uh, He points out the lion, which is the king of the beast, uh, and the raven, which was the lowest of the birds, I'm glad the Lord's interested in them all. He's in he's rich, he's interested in red, yellow, black, white. Purple and polka dot. He's interested in both sides of the track. Aren't you glad for that tonight? There's never been a. Well, I'm about to run and shout. There's never been a sinner too low. There's never been somebody too bad. There's never been somebody too ugly. There's never been somebody that went too far. There's never been somebody that God couldn't in His mercy, in His grace, reach down and snatch out of a devil's hell. Aren't are glad tonight that he loves the low and ugly? Some of y'all would be more glad about that than others. Low and ugly. is a place of the raven. Nothing attractive about a raven. I'm going to tell you something. When I came to God, I had nothing to offer. I, I can look around sometimes and see other people that, spent, that saved and serving God, and I can say, well, I, I see why God saved them. They can play an instrument. I see why God saved them, they can sing. I see why God saved them. Boy, they're, they're just a great Christian. But when I look at me, I say, Lord, I don't know why you saved me. A matter of fact, the Lord called me to preach to keep me from starving to death. <laughs> you know why? I have zero marketable skills. I am good at nothing. I can't build things. <laughs> Uh, I can't put my, my dad you wouldn't believe this but my dad is a world renowned wood carver he can do anything with his hands and I'm telling you he can do anything uh, you hand him a stick of wood say carve a man carve a man you hand him a stick of wood say carve a bird carve a bird I mean sit it on there it looks like it's going to fly away I can't draw a stick man. I, I had zero to offer God, but God and His love and His mercy. I never will forget the Sunday morning I got saved. Can I tell you about it this minute? Because I like to tell you, sitting about three quarters of the way back the Long Branch Baptist Church, one Sunday morning, God came by where I said. I don't know why He would have loved me, but He saw something in me, and He loved me, even though He knew what I was. He loved me anyhow. I had nothing to bring, I had nothing to give but God came by was just like an old lonely raven and God came by where I was at and snatched me up and saved me by the marvelous grace of God I'm glad, thank God, God takes care of all rotten sinners Amen. snatched me up one day so of old black raven we see the position of the raven and then I want you to think about the personality of the raven now, I don't know if this is even a thing here, and it's getting to where it's not so much of a thing in the mountains anymore. But when I was a boy, a lot of people caught ravens when they was, or crows when they were little and made pets out of them. I know a lot of people had crows for pets. See, y'all looking at me like something crazy. We mountain folk. We ain't got much to do. <laughs> My grandmother had a fox for a pet. But anyway, y'all going to think I'm backwoods bad. Crows, for, I, I know one old boy had a crow for a pet. And now y'all are to really think I'm crazy right here. Here's what they say. You can split, If this is mean, but when a, when a crow's little, you can split its tongue and teach it to talk. That's truth. And this old, boy, this old boy had this crow pet. He'd split its tongue and it could talk. Now, it couldn't carry on conversation, but it could talk. I'd say just, you know, hello or whatever, you know, just squawk it out. Well, he told me one time, he said, let me tell you something. He said, that's the aggravatingest pet you're ever going to have. Because crows love shiny things. And he said, if I get out and go to work on something, he said, still's every tool i got. He said, if I lay down a wrench, here I go back, the wrench is gone. Crows got it. Take it off. If I lay down a socket, go back to get it. Socket's gone. Crows got it. They love shiny things. Take it. Fly off with them. See? Aggravating birds. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Do y'all kill them here? We shoot them. We shoot them in the mountains, son. I'm telling you. And we shoot them. And hang them up from a tree. Anybody, anybody ever done that? Come on now. A few of you. You all say, Boy, what kind of redneck did he bring in here to preach to us? We'd we kill him, old crows, hang him up from a tree. That'd be warning warn him not to come back. <laughs> Amen. My daddy used to tell my sister that's what, she, what he's going to do to her first boyfriend kill him and hang him up from a tree at the end of the driveway. And there wouldn't be no more boyfriends coming around. Amen. Anyway, they're aggravating, noisy, and old crows noisy. And I mean they're pushy. They're a pushy bird. I mean they're flying. They run all the other birds off. At the bird. In other words, they're the kind of bird when you look at it, you go, oh my goodness, not him. Oh Lord have mercy, not an old crow. And they run in packs together. You you see, it sounds to me like I'm describing some of y'all, don't it? <laughs> man, now. I mean just so loud mouths and saying the wrong things all the time and causing a problem all the time. Why in the world would God love a bunch like us? But aren't you glad? Hey, I'm about to shout again. Aren't you glad tonight that he does? Aren't you glad he came by where he's at one day and loved us even though he's loud and pushy and obnoxious and unclean and unworthy of his love? God loved us anyhow. It's simple. We see the place and, the, and we see the person I'm headed somewhere. Then we see the poverty of the raven. And the Lord said they don't have any storehouses. I got a good friend who lives down in Newman, Georgia. Preached for us there a few weeks ago. Uh, and he pastors a church down there, Brother Brian Calhoun. And I don't know if you saw it a few weeks ago, them tornadoes come through Newman, Georgia. Tore up Jack, buddy. I mean, destroyed stuff. And he shared a video of one of his neighbors shot and he had his phone out and I mean, stuff's still falling out of the trees. The tornado had just come through. And he's walking around and I know, and he's talking about all the devastation. Everybody's typing on there about how terrible it was. But I noticed something and what I noticed was this. There was a bird singing. There's a bird singing. And I thought to myself, how did, what, what took care of that bird? I mean, didn't have no house to get in, didn't have no storm cellar to get in, uh, he didn't have no place to hide, uh, but something during the storm, uh, God sheltered, uh, and God took care of that bird, and soon as the sunshine came out, uh, that old bird jumped up on him, uh, and said, glory to God, I made it through it, uh, and he started singing praises to God uh, at the top of its lungs, uh, because God had took care of it. You and I have got a house to go home to. You and I have got nice things. Why couldn't we sing a few praises? <laughs> That's not the message, though. They've got no storehouse, they've got no barns. In other words, they have no way to help themselves. You you know, have you ever seen have you ever seen an old raven sit down and get a grocery list out and say, now we've got to get this much seed today and tomorrow we got to go down there and gather berries because if we don't, the next day it's going to rain and that's going to... No. They ain't got no barn. They ain't got no storehouse. They ain't got nothing. Let me tell you something. We look at sinners sometime, and we look at them like we look at old crows. I'm just preaching now. Hang with me. It's Saturday night and i got farther to drive home than anybody here. We look at them like an old crow. Well, they got to offer. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They, they, they ain't got no storehouses. They ain't got, no bar, they ain't got nothing to offer. They ain't got nothing to their name. And we'll start looking down our nose at them. But can I remind you tonight that such were some of you. When we were lost in our sin, we weren't nothing but a bunch of old ravens. We were aggravating and loud and obnoxious and didn't have anything to offer God. Didn't have anything to offer the church. We were unclean and unable. I mean we we ought to have died and went to hell. That's what God should have let me do. He should have let me die and went to hell. But in His mercy, thank God He came by where I was. And here's what I want to preach on tonight. I want to preach on the provision for the ravens. Hey God God said to Job, Who provideth that old unclean bird its food? Who takes care of that old unclean bird? Well, let me say to you tonight, Thank God when nobody wanted me. As a matter of fact, we see in these verses that even the, even the raven's mom and daddy don't want it. As a matter of fact, you'll find if you read about a raven, they kick their young out of the nest very, very early, as soon as they can fly, and God said, right here in verse forty-one, He said, "When His young ones cry unto God, they wander for a lack of Me. Hey, when nobody wanted me, when I was down and out, I despisable and dirty." I'm glad Romans 5, 8 said, that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm glad he came by where I was at one day and saved me out of my sin. Has anybody in here saved tonight? Have you ever been born again? Did you deserve it or did God do something special for you? I'm glad that he cared about an old dirty raven like me I tell this a lot because it's, it's special to me I remember the night I got saved I remember the morning I got saved and the whole week prior to that was a big long week of God hanging me out under conviction it was my birthday week and uh, we'd had some boys up the house and Matter of fact, Travis was probably there. We playing I used to have a I used to have a hideout back under the basement steps. And that's where I kept all my G.I. Joes. Hey, Amen. We back under there playing with them. We got talking about the Russians. I can remember when I was little out there, everybody was afraid about the Russians. And I said, Rick, what would happen if they dropped an atomic bomb? we all died. Oh, I knew what happened. Son, God started working in my heart. Said you'd die and go to hell. Oh, that's bothering me. My daddy took me the next weekend up on Mount Mitchell and we laid in the cabin and we had old, uh, had, had old one room cabin, we had oil lamps on the on the walls, and he go around blowing them lamps out. And boy, when all the last lamp went out, I mean it's pitch black dark, it wasn't nobody within fifty miles of us. And I'd lay there in the dark and I'd think, boy, if daddy, if the Lord come tonight and took daddy, I'd be all by myself. Boy, that scared me to death. And then one evening, the next weekend, he took us to uh, he took us to this Boyd's Seafood House, and we had a little old we had a little old Subaru hatchback station wagon. And when I was little, they didn't care much about us because they didn't make us wear seatbelts. You know, I guess they figured they could just have more if we got killed in the wreck, just have more. And I was laying in the back of that Subaru station wagon like this. That's the way I went everywhere. I laid in the back of that station wagon. If we got rear-ended, I was dead meat. And I was laying there watching them power lines come across that car. And I was thinking, ain't that weird how them power lines move back and forth? Now, I know you think I'm a real brainiac. I thought, that's so weird. I didn't realize the road was moving, you know, but I was watching it. And my daddy said the strangest thing to me, out of the blue. He said, Bradley, don't you think it's about time you got saved? I thought, well, what a thing to say. I said, well, uh, I don't know, I guess, yeah. He said, I think y'all should think about that. And boy, did I ever. I'd been thinking I got to church that Sunday, and I sat down on the back there about three-quarters of the way. Normally, I sat in the back with Travis. I'm glad you come tonight, Travis. Normally, I sat in the back with Travis and Kevin Penlin. We'd sit back there in the back and play tic-tac-toe while the preacher was preaching. And there was a bell. We had a rope for a bell back there. And as soon as the preacher got done, we could ring that bell and take off and get out. We sat back there. But that dad didn't want to sit with him. I sit up here on about three-quarters of the way back on the right-hand side going in the left-hand side looking back. And I don't know what happened to me. But, boy, I got under some kind of conviction. We stood up. And I went to a Southern Baptist church. We all right? Went to a Southern Baptist church. And there ain't nothing never happened there. I mean, one, every year the Florida people would come in. And we had one old fellow that'd come in. And he'd say, amen. He, he, and he's the only one in the church that'd say it. He'd get up and say, hey amen. And when he did, everybody in the church would look at him. <laughs> what is this fella wound up about? <laughs> and I mean that just dead. Dead. It's a mess. And I'm sitting there under Holy Ghost conviction. And I don't know. We, we stood up and the preacher was standing up there. And I don't know what He said. But I said, boy, I gotta, I've got to go. And I went and I moved to step out. My dad later told me that when I moved, he thought I was going back to get Travis to go outside. So he started to step in front of me and say, if you move, I'm going, you know, one of them dad things. But instead, something said, better let him go. So he backed up and I slipped out. You know what happened? You know what happened to me? When I went. I put my faith in Christ and he saved me. Amen. Now I had trouble with that over the years because I would got involved in old time religion and I'd hear people tell about getting saved and they'd talk about how granny was shouting to the pins full out of her hair and how folks was running the aisles and taking laps. Ain't none of that happened. Matter of fact, when I stepped out, everybody went, what's he doing? Nothing ever happened at our church. But I walked, I walked up, and the, even the preacher, it was the most unusual salvation story. Even the preacher went, son, what are you doing? <laughs> I, said, I said, Ray, I need to get saved. He said, okay. Let's talk about that. We're dismissed. All I knew was I was lost, and I needed a Savior. Now, I told that story to tell Liz I didn't have to know a bunch of stuff. We get the place, and we think sinners has got to know all this stuff. Let me let me tell you something. All sinners has to know is that Jesus bled and died, and was buried and rose again for them. And all they got do is believe that am I right I yeah, preach through the Bible put their faith in that and when they put their faith in that thank God they're saved and boy that's what happened to me that morning just an old raven sitting on a, sitting on a pew worth nothing God ought to have let me die with went to hell but God in his love and his mercy come where I was one Sunday morning had saved me by his marvelous grace I've been saved ever since amen I'm like old Zed McDerris used to say, if there was a thousand hells and a hundred devils never hell, they still wouldn't be enough to take me there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saved, as pitiful. Amen. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm saved through and through. Hey, can I get a witness tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am saved through and through. Right. Now, I'll show you one more thing. I want you to notice the power of the raven. Y'all remember last night we were talking about Elijah. And I mentioned it last night over there in Elijah's chapter number 17. Elijah went down yonder and he sat down by the brook sheriff. And he just waited on God. And God said an interesting thing to Elijah. He said, tell you what, man, God's going to take care of you. And he said, let me tell you what I got. He said, I got an army of birds. They're going to come to your rescue. Elijah probably thought, oh boy, eagles. (laughs) Eagles. Eagles are soaring. God said, no, not eagles, son. Oh, well, probably a hawk. Oh, hawks, they're good and strong, not hawks, son. What are you talking about? i will going to send you a few ravens. Now, can I say to you tonight that not only will God save an old raven, but God will use an old raven. Whoo! I said God will use an old raven. That boy sung that song written by my friend Kurt LeBeau this morning. Do you remember when with all your hearts you longed to serve Him but you didn't think that Jesus could use someone like you but look how He's used your life since He brought you out. All we are is some ravens. When I come in Thursday night, you didn't know me from Pete, but all I was was an old raven hopping in. Amen. <laughs> hey, Amen just a nobody and a nothing but God allowed me to swoop down and he allowed me to do a little something for oh I can see God looking over there and there sits some ravens on on a limb and God looks over at them ravens and he said okay I've got a job for you to do and my ravens said yes sir amen we'll do it God you're the only one caring anything about us anyhow you just send us to the lowest low you send us to the deepest depths that's where we'll go let me say this to you ravens make the very best servants you know what Jesus said he said those that are forgiven of little they love little but talking about Mary Magdalene he said them that's forgiven of a lot they love a lot That just striking me just right. I'm telling you, I don't know about anybody else. But God had to forgive me a whole lot when He forgave me. I had not turned my nose up at any job. If God sends me the other side of the railroad track, knock on doors in the trailer park, I'll say, yes, sir, Lord, that's the right word. That's right where you want me. That's right. Oh, I'm just a raven. I'll just swoop down right there. I'll just... Leave me alone because I know I'm a, little, I'm a little crazy but I'm getting ready to go back to Yancey County if I can find it. I just got an idea about this. I can see a way having Jezebel. The, the, the cooks cooked up a fine mess of meat and set it out on the windowsill to dry to cool off. And a big old raven goes, look at them chicken legs. Mm. Elijah would like one of them. You see, them other birds run off real easy. You ever noticed an old crow can be sitting in the road picking at, a, picking at a dead rabbit? Boy, this is real high-class preaching, ain't it? <laughs> Pe- picking at an old dead rabbit. The car will come by and they'll fly for you ever can not hit them. I don't care if you're doing 100 miles an hour. You know why that is, don't you? There's more crows in the trees going car car, and fly off. As soon as you pass by, you know what that car does. You know what that old crow does. Right back down there, eating on that rabbit. You know why you can't run them off? You can't. I mean, you can't get rid of. them. Well, God sometimes picks some old, old nobody's like us. Old nothing's like us because He knows we'll stick with it. He knows we'll knock on them doors and them, lower and them lower income areas. He knows that we'll go down there in the trailer parks and pick up the little snot-nosed young'uns and stick them on a bus and we don't care how much they scream and squall during the service. Why? Because we're just a bunch of old ravens ourselves that ought to have been dead and in hell. But He'll use us to do things that other birds won't do. I remember years ago, for years, Travis... Run a bus route. He, he can tell you about this. I believe it's Will God and Travis come tonight. They got all kinds of Travis stories. He run a bus route. We had no. We bought no school bus. Y'all got ten minutes. Ten minutes. We bought no school bus off the school bus garage, and we pulled it in. I mean, it's one of them long ones, a fifty-three passenger. And we pulled that thing in, and it's yellow and ugly. Travis said, "I believe we can paint it." So let's paint it white. We'll put Concord Baptist Church down the side. It looked real nice. I said, how are we going to paint it? He said, we'll rent a paint gun, no problem. We took it in the middle of a field and painted that thing with automobile paint and a sprayer. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then the church treasurer called me that evening. She said, there's a little girl at the trailer park right below where y'all painted that bus called Sheet Matter and the Devil. I said, why is that? She said, well, she got a black car that's now speckled white. <laughs> So me and Travis spent about four hours with a California bar rubbing paint off that little girl's car that evening. But we got on that bus and we went up the David's Peterson's trailer park. Roughest part of Yancey County. I mean, it's the hood for Yancey County. It just is. And we pulled up, picking up youngins. And this mama run out with this little girl named Amber. I never will forget, little boy named Damien. Absolutely named. <laughs> and she stuck Damien on my bus and I mean, he was a holy terror. He's climbing over the seats and turning stuff over, and it took four people to hold him down. He just—he was bounced off the walls. She's sitting there with she's sitting there with little Amber on her hip. She might have been she might have been nine months old. She got little Amber here on her hip, just kind of holding to her diaper on, no, no clothes, no shirt, just a diaper. Go take him Bible school. She looked at Travis and she said, "Can Amber go?" And I'm thinking, Travis, tell her no. We ain't a babysitting outfit. We can't even teach this girl, we can't even teach this girl Jesus loves me. She's this big. Travis said, why, sure she can. So I'm going to kill that dude. I'm kill him. And that, that woman went inside that house and come out with a diaper bag. I'm telling you the truth. She did, she did put a shirt on her. Brought that little youngin' in a diaper bag and, help, and handed it to complete strangers. Walked back off that bus and said, see y'all later. I couldn't imagine giving my infant to a bunch of complete strangers. But you know what we did? The wheels on the bus go round and round out of the trailer park we went. We's waving, thank God, we've got a baby, Hallelujah! She didn't even know which church we was going to. All she knew. Was that somebody showed up that loved her youngins, and we picked them youngins up every year for Bible Bible school, and we'd bring them. Thank God for services and different things. And we'd pick up other youngins that got well when we'd roll in the trailer park. They'd come running out of them trailers, something they wanted to get on the bus. You know why? Because they just needed somebody to love them. They just needed some ravens to show up. It wasn't too good to pick up snot-nosed young'uns. It wasn't too good to pick up some little raven chicks. Hey, if God saved me, why wouldn't I be interested in seeing some of them others get born together? I've seen them get saved over the years. I've seen God do things. I'm just going to say to you... I'm. I'm closing right here. This didn't go at all the way I thought it would. But I'm just going to say to you right here ain't none of us too good. Is this Surrey County? They centers all over Surrey County, I will guarantee it. I'm guaranteeing it. Centers all, all over Surrey County. There's big ones and little ones. There's black ones and white ones and yellow ones and blue ones. There's rich ones and poor ones and folks that live in nice houses and folks that live in trailer parks. But God don't see big ones and little ones and rich ones and poor ones. He just sees lost ones. And God put this church right here on this side of this road to reach them. So we're just little nest of ravens. God says, didn't defeat you. When you was a sinner, didn't I send my son? Didn't I commend my love towards you and that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you? If so, then God says tonight, fly little ravens, fly. Go in them places nobody else will go. You know why I'm proud to be an independent fundamental Baptist? Because over the years we've prided ourselves on going places nobody else will go. Handing out gospel tracts to no people nobody else will hand them out to. Welcoming sinners in the back door. And we almost got away from that. We got, we, got, we got some folks that want to measure hair length and worry about tattoos. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care when they walk in the back door of my church if we got hair and earrings and tattoos. I don't care what it be. tell you one more little story. Brought, the Lord brought it to my heart. We had an old boy that walked in our church one Sunday. And I thought, Lord have mercy, this boy has fell into, face first into a tackle box. He had a nose ring, lip ring, eye, he had studs in his head and horns. I thought, Lord help, what kind of boy is this? When Hurricane Katrina happened, uh, we decided we'd take a tractor and trailer load of stuff down there. And we did and worked with hearts with hands to try and help some people. I know we'll forget it because of the place we went. It was called the Gay Lemon Sports Complex. That's where, we met. That's where we went. We got down there and there's nobody there. And it's 108 degrees. I mean, and muggy. You ever been to Mississippi? Forget about it. We broke into the concession stand. Now, I'm going to just admit, go ahead and admit to some breaking and entering. We broke in because there was an air conditioning in the concession stand. We broke in. We turned the air conditioning on and laid down in the, in the French fry grease to go to sleep. The phone rung. I picked it up. It's this teenage kid. He just went to cussing. Prank call. I started to slam it down, but I didn't. I just sat there and listened to him, let him cuss. And then I said, Jesus loves you. He went to cussing some more. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, Do you know what I said, do you know who you've called? No. I said, Well, you've called the phone number for a concession stand at the Gay Lemon Sports Complex. There's normally nobody here in 3 o'clock in the morning. But God in His mercy and in His grace allowed a Baptist preacher to be sleeping in the French fry grease when you called. And I picked up the phone. And now me and you are talking about the Lord. Silence. I started talking to him. Long story short, the boy got saved over the phone. I couldn't believe it. I could hear him... <laughs> <laughs> he said, Are you really a preacher? I said, I said, Yep. Yeah. <sighs> From North Carolina? I said, yeah. <laughs> what do I need to do to get saved? I said, Where are you at in your bedroom? Yes, sir. I said, Just get down right now. Get down right beside your bed. You can get saved right now. Am I telling the truth? This happened. I said, Just get down right beside your bed right now. You get saved right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, said, I could hear it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I've messed up tonight. Oh, Lord. I said, "Pray through, son. Pray through." He got back on the phone. I said, "Did you did you ask the Lord say yes?" I said, "Did he yes?" Now, the part of this story I didn't tell was old fishing lure feller. We took him with us. He got to come to our church. We used put him to work. He lost the ball in high grace. We still put him to work. He wouldn't go with us. To, he wouldn't go with us Mississippi. We loaded him up and took. Him. He's standing there in that concession stand. I never have seen I have seen zero emotion. I preached my guts out to this boy, and he'd just sit there and look at me like, What are you talking about? You're dumb. I got done leading this boy to the Lord on the phone and hung up, and I looked around and there stood Jared. I said, Jared, you all right? He said, Man, that's unbelievable. He said, That's unbelievable. He said, I've just witnessed a miracle. I said, you did, Jared. I said, God ain't done working miracles in this concession stand tonight. He's wiping tears. I mean, earrings hanging off his studs. He's wiping tears. And he said, you reckon the Lord saved me? I said, no, he would son. Old Jared got down in the the French fried grease and got saved by the grace of God. All them earrings still in, that lip ring still in, them studs still in. Come to church for several years after that. And the stuff during the weeks after would just start to disappear. And I never said a word to him about it. I never said a word. I never said, need to get rid of them earrings. need to get rid of them studs. None of that. St- that stuff. He just went taking them out. He did that on his own. You know why? Because somebody moved in on the inside. I'm just saying to you tonight, sometimes you've got to be willing to get in the French fry grease. What if when he walked in my church, I went to him and jumped on him by his earring? He might not never come back. So he looks at a little old nest of ravens at Blue Ridge Baptist Church. And he says, Fly, ravens. These people need to hear about me. These people need my grace. Fly, ravens, fly. Just get out of the nest. Get out and tell some others that are just like you about what Jesus. You know, the most effective thing a church can do is just tell others what Jesus did for me. It's the most effective thing. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. Lord, we're nothing but an old raven, undeserving of your love, certainly undeserving of you helping us and using us for your honor and glory. God, I pray for this church, Lord, a little, a little nest of ravens on the side of the road. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that You'd let on some hearts and some ravens to get around this altar tonight and say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm nothing and I'm a nobody, but if You'll use me, I'll go. Lord, would You touch hearts across this congregation tonight. Bless us and help us as only You can. Well, thank You and praise You for all that's done. Our heads are bowed, her eyes are closed, some are already moving. You say, preacher, tonight, I want to be used. I just want want to go as a raven and reach others. I'm a big zero of the ring kicked off. I'm a big nobody, but God saved me. He's a great big God. And if He'd used me, I'd go. You might be here tonight and say, Preacher, I'm lost. I, I don't know why God would love me, but I'm glad He does. And I don't want to leave here lost. I want to trust Christ tonight. Maybe you'll need to come. Bound this altar. Confess your sins. Trust Christ as your Savior. The Lord would love to save you tonight. Whatever your meeting may be, why don't you come? As God deals in your heart this evening. Oh, I just want to be used. I don't deserve it, but I want our church to be used. I want us to go out like a flock of ravens. Reach those that nobody else is reaching.